What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Back in high school, I had a teacher named Ms. Argue. What I learned is you're not going to argue with somebody named Ms. Argue. What you're hearing right now is a poem called Listen from the Grammy Award-winning album The Poet Who Sat By The Door. And I was to write a poem when we got home. Reluctant to expose my soul, I had no idea that writing poetry could have my mind so far gone. And the album is by Chicago native Jay Ivey. He's a multi-hyphenate artist, writer, narrator, and multiple award-winning poet. Last year, he won the Grammy Award in what was then a new category, Best Spoken Word Poetry Album. I love y'all, but let me say this. I got to thank my city, Chicago. I got to thank the Recording Academy. Okay, so then at this year's Grammys, Jay Ivey won the award again for his poetry album, The Light Inside. Okay, and the Grammy goes to The Light Inside, Jay Ivey. I don't know if you count right now, but he's two for two. Today, we're returning to the conversation I had with Jay Ivey after last year's Grammys, which is all about finding his voice, his love for Chicago, poetry and rap and everything in between. Jay Ivey, I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me yes. on The Rundown. Hey, thank you for being here. <laughs> so congratulations on the Grammy and the category. Thank you. You were nominated alongside Malcolm Jamal Warner, yeah, among a few others. But um, for the listeners who don't know that name, that's Theo from The Cosby Show. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only other poet who's won a Grammy, I think I'm right in this, is Maya Angelou. Yes. Yeah. The GOAT. The GOAT. Um, for me, Jill Scott, Jilly from Philly, she was the first. She, she's you absolutely know, a poet. Yes, a uh, spoken word poet that like really touched me. Yeah. Um, I wonder what poet has you starstruck when you come across their work oh wow Sonny Patterson mm. I love Sonny Patterson from New Orleans I had the, the honor of of having her on my album if you trust God for one thing then you got to trust God for everything somebody asked me about this life and what I traded and my answer would be never because it made me we did a song called learn you a lesson with Tari Teray Tari singing the hook love Sonny. She's my favorite. Uh, Abby Odoon, The Last Poets. Mm. I had the privilege of meeting Gil Scott Aaron before he made his transition. And What is it about these folks that, that touches you? Maybe the first person that you mentioned. What it is is just having that, that magical way of touching your soul and penetrating uh, those layers that may exist that you don't know exist and giving you something in a way that you just never heard it. Mm-hmm never felt it and it's very healing it's very loving it's very cool and and i'll correct myself like the first poet since my angelo to win for a poetry album so jill is one for of, a poetry yeah, album yeah. right correct yeah. Yeah, lots so, of poets up in the grammys yeah alicia keys jill scott <laughs> yeah. her i mean you got common and yes i always say poetry is either sung poetry is rapped or poetry is spoken mm. but it's, it's all poetry Let's get into poetry. I, I, I want to ask you, I mean, there's writing a poem mm-hmm. and then there's speaking the poem. Mm-hmm. And tell the people in your own words, what is spoken word poetry? I mean, as simple as put, it's the performance of poetry mm. in a, a very moving, theatrical, 
slash conversation slash electricity slash yeah. there's a lot of slashes but <laughs> i mean but simplest put is, is the performance of poetry yeah mm-hmm. your own delivery i experience you to have a very sing-songy voice whether you're mm. performing or not right like you're talking yeah. to me right now and i'm yeah. like and i'm listening to a song um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a rhythm to it for yes sure. for sure um but also it's a very you have a very black chicago accent yeah um, yeah and I heard you say, you know, you've been talking about your your teacher, Miss Argue, yeah. a lot. And I heard you say that when she had first called you to the stage, you were like, nah. Nah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But look at you now, right? You, you're narrating, Ooh. you're doing all types of stuff. Um, talk about finding and honing in on your own sound and your voice from that point. Yeah, it was important to to find my voice. It was something I never, I never heard my voice you never paid attention to it you know it's always there so you don't really know it I remember hearing myself on an answer machine and um I was going through the messages and I was like who is that and then it <laughs> took me a minute to realize it was me wow I was like, oh. and then when I started performing you know maybe after a year or so or a year and a half two years I found myself in the studio recording and this was my first time like really really hearing my voice mm. so Anything with anything, the more you practice or the more you exercise your gift, you get better at it. So over the years, you find new ways to play your instrument. Yes, you know. So it, I mean, it took me a while to realize it was an instrument. And I know early on, I I would overcompensate, feeling like okay, I need the words to be heard. So everything was, ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. you know. And it took me a while to realize that everything don't have to be mountaintop. You know, I can just. I can talk and deliver. Um, I can have a conversation. But if I need to go to the mountaintop, we going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can take it to the valley. You know, I can just be, you know, even with it and let the instrument do the work. Yeah. Um, and, and it's important to me, like it's very, very important as an artist, as a poet, that we all discover our own voice. Mm-hmm. I never want to sound like anybody else. If I found myself sounding like anybody else, I switched that up real quick. How? Yeah. Like, like because this is something I think about, you know, as a as a person who also uses her voice for, yeah. for a living. Like, if you do find yourself sounding like something, like, you know, I listen to all types of things, right? And yeah. then I'm talking, and I'm like, oh, I sound like that other reporter, yeah. you know, or like whatever. And then I have to, I have been trying to figure out how to get out of that and come back to myself. How do you feel like you do that? I notice this when I record or when I like when I'm creating an album, I don't listen to anybody else. Mm. You know, I I feel like that's a way to um get distracted or not not maybe not distracted, maybe inspired or pulled into other energy cuz I mean you you're just so moved by what yes. other folks do. It's a thin line between inspiration and, and you just get distilling, yeah, you know, still, yeah. still like I, an artist. And I'm like, <laughs> my my pet peeve is originality. I'm like, yeah. be original. Like, that's, you know, when I would see people bite lines or sound like somebody, I'm like, nah, what, what do you sound like? Yeah, so you kind of like, just have that natural inclination toward yeah, that originality like, man, anyway. Yeah, it got to yeah. be original. Like, maybe that's just me. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, I guess. But for me, I never want to, like, let me sound yeah. like me. You know, you sound like you. You sound like you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sound like me. One of the, the first times that the masses really heard you was mm-hmm. when you did Never Let Me Down hmm. with Kanye and Jay-Z. Yeah. I mean, I heard 
that song and then I'm I'm doing my research for this interview and I'm like, oh, that that was him, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, I I'm very curious to to see how it feels to hear how it feels to be still being discovered, you know, as an artist who's been in the game for so long, um, but also. I feel like there's always this blurred line between rapping and spoken word. I would love to hear you talk about some of the ways that you like to see those two art forms interact. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like poetry and hip-hop, they're they're first cousins. I mean, poetry birthed hip-hop. You know, folks like Langston Hughes and Gil Scott Heron, those are the godfathers of hip-hop. Um, mm. Those are the the folks who introduce poetry, coupled with music or coupled with the beat, and and but okay. it was also something that was derived from our ancestors yes. and going back to African griots and using poetry and storytelling as a way to pass our history on to the next generations. So it's something that's always been around, but when you come to modern day. Last Poets, Gil Scott Heron. You had folks that pretty much birthed hip-hop. The MCs were, they were the next generation of that art form. So when it comes mm-hmm. to connecting with and doing records like Never Let Me Down, Never Let Me Down was, I mean, it was a dream to do that record, you know. Big shout-out to my brother Cootie, who was the one who called me about the record. And he, he hit me up, was like, man, Kanye got this song with him and Jay-Z on it. And he wanted to put a poet on it. And I told him he'd put Jay Ivy on it. I'm like, man, stop playing. You know. <laughs> so uh, I ended up writing something. Two days later, I'm on a plane from New York to L.A. to record it. And when I get to L.A., I'm, I'm hearing Jay-Z. And, you know, I'm, I'm finally hearing the record because I couldn't really hear it over the phone when okay. he was playing it for me. And, and I'm hearing Kanye's verse. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then when it was my turn, it's just like, all right. You know, you do what you do. Do what you do. But then when you hear the combination of styles, it's, it's, it's really yeah. special to to hear the the difference in the rhythm of hip-hop and the rhythm of poetry. And like, I always compared it like like poetry is kind of like jazz. There's a rhythm to it, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of peaks and valleys mm-hmm. with that rhythm. To me, there's, there's a lot more freedom you know, you don't you don't have to be married to the beat. To you know, the music may yeah. be there, but you don't have to be married to it. You know, yeah. there is a marriage that happens, but yes. it's just a, a very unique combination. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a special special kind of dance that's happening. Yeah, yeah. special kind of dance. I love that. <laughs> I, I want to get into the the album. Yeah, <laughs> the poet who sat by the door. The poet who sat by the door. Um, the parts of this album that really got me excited were the ones that are hearkening back to church. Mm. I'm thinking about fire, mm-hmm. thinking about past the plate. Yeah. That one has music, soul, child, let us see. Mm-hmm. Have you had an active church life? I have a, a very active spiritual life. Okay. I grew up in the church. Okay. I mean, yeah, I grew up in the church. We didn't go to church <laughs> every Sunday, you know, but my grandmama, she definitely had us there. And my mom would, my, I have my uncle who's a pastor. So we would, you know, attend church. My grandfather was a deacon. So church's uh, spirituality, God has always been a big part of my life. And then when it when it comes to music, my uh, especially with this particular project, I was blessed to reconnect with my brother, Sir the Baptist. We were working on 
the Tennessee State album. He asked me to be a part of that. Okay. Uh, the Tennessee State University marching band. They went on to, uh, we went on to win for best gospel roots album for the Urban Hymnal is the name of the band. So wow. big shout out to TSU and all those students who are now Grammy winners, which is amazing. <laughs> I love to been in college. Like, yeah, I want a Grammy. Like that would be amazing. Yes, right. Yeah. Right. But uh, while working on that, I was definitely working on my album when he asked me to step in on, on that project. And then he's like, man, I got to return the favor. Mm. I want to play some music for you. And he comes in and just starts playing these tracks. And he plays me fire. And he plays me past the plate. I'm like, bro, you giving me these records? <laughs> I'm like, you play like, please Please don't be teasing me right. with this right now. Like you, <laughs> Let's not mince words like, here. Let's be yeah, clear. Like, yeah. You know, because, I mean, if you heard Fire, you know, and that, I think that was the first one he played was Fire. You ever hear the story of King Nebuchadnezzar? The one with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You see, they refused to kneel down to false idols, so the king ordered for them to meet their fate by being thrown in a fiery furnace. I mean, the choir was already on it, so it was really oh, okay. just, yeah, it was just a matter of me just painting with words and painting around what he had already created. He had a version with him on it where he was rapping on it. Was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that version? Because that, nah, that's what nah, hit me. Nah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's one of the first stories I ever learned in church. No, nah, that story wasn't in there. I don't, okay. I don't think. But when I heard it, I, I asked him what inspired the track, and he referred to that story. So when he referred to that story, I was like, oh, okay, I know where to go now. Ah. So he brought the church with him, and, and I was happy to, you know, step up, get out the pew, and go on up there and <laughs> preach a word real quick. Yes. <laughs> By the campfire, we tell our stories as we throw your lies in the As we dance by the as we romance by the fire. we teach our young and same with past the plate like past the plate uh music was on it and then i reached out to to lettucey was like sis man i got this record you know it'd be amazing if you'd be a part of it and and she said yes past the plate everybody's got a heat Why and i was blown away to know that i have a record with lettucey and music soul child so uh big shout out to sir the baptist he ended up producing half my album so he uh he came and just sat down with us in the studio in nashville for a month and a half and um so we, we worked on the album for two months we didn't have a lot of time to get it done which yeah. is kind of amazing that that's, we got it done that's a, that's a quick turnaround you got it done just yeah. in time to qualify just in time <laughs> the album yeah. had to be out by september 30th we put it out september 29th Ooh. just in time wow right yeah. in the nick of time yeah because um, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of time beforehand to work on it because i was working on genius was working on the category so that that took up a lot of time over the you know the, the couple years leading up to that point genius was lovely i know you were you're a great big part of a lot of people who worked on that i i watched it during the pandemic virtually right. with a homie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it was still in the pandemic i watched it you know when it came out uh, but yeah thank you for that that was a oh, great no, a great you. piece of work yeah big shout out to Cootie and chike so you got that that album done right in the nick of time mm-hmm. fast forward you you not only got this category that you've been working on 
you won in the category. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. Yeah. again. Thank you. Um, during your Grammy acceptance speech, um, you shouted out two things mm. near the end. All the poets. Mm. And let it be known that this is for the poets, y'all. And you shouted out Shy City. Yeah. The music is on. I love y'all. But let me say this. I got to thank my city, Chicago. I gotta thank- How does Chicago live in your work? How would you put that into words? Man, Chicago lives in every bit of my work. From style to heart to dedication to hard work to not giving up to the way I carry myself, the way I talk, the way I walk, the way I approach things as far as how I I think about my poetry and I think about my music. You know, so Chicago has just poured so much into me. So wherever I go, I I take it with me. I take it with me and I, I, um, you know, I had to show that love to my city on that stage and uh, just uh, say thank you. Thank you, Chicago. I'm very proud. Matter of fact, um, this is a proud moment. Today is my birthday, March 3rd, 303. And um, I'm I'm super proud because uh, Mayor Lightfoot, she has signed a proclamation naming March 3rd, J. Ivy Day in the city of Chicago. (gasps) So I'm like beyond proud. I've been crying for weeks at this point. You know, it started with the Grammy. And uh, to know that uh, I'm being honored like that, yes. I say me. But when I say me, I'm I'm thinking about all of those people that have helped me, you know, family and friends and fam that have been a part of this journey. That's really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Chi-town. <laughs> Chi-town. Thank you, Chicago. Thank you, Jay Ivey. Jay Ivey is a writer, narrator, award-winning poet. He just won the first Grammy ever awarded in the new category for Best Spoken Word Poetry Album, which he helped create. As you just heard, Jay Ivey Day is today. Effective today. (laughs) That's so wild. Yes, congratulations again, and thank thank you you so much. Thank you so much. appreciate y'all having me. Let's go. What you think is time it's for us to do? Pass the play, y'all. As a reminder, J.I.V. Day is March 3rd in Chicago. If you want to celebrate early, go look up both of J.I.V.'s spoken word poetry albums from 2022, The Poet Who Sat By The Door, and then his most recent album, The Light Inside. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Justin Bull and Sam Deer. It was edited by Ariel Van Cleef. Brennan Banizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. And most of the music you heard in this episode was from J.I.B. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Much love is The Rundown. That's right.